sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. Yes, folks, and welcome to another Friday, another Business Eye in lovely South County Dublin. Yes, we are. We've got a lovely growing audience in Dublin. And we have a bigger audience tuning in online around the country and around the world. We're being tapped into by a hundred countries. All those expats listening to Simon's sweet voice. Simon's sweet voice. <laughs> How are you, Simon? How are you today? I'm good. I'm conscious there's people around the world listening to us. I'll be behaved. But uh, no, it's great. We... You know, the show is getting accolades. Um, we, you know, we're at Apple Top 30 podcast. And, you know, we've had guests from the States and the UK, New Zealand, Australia, obviously mainly from Ireland. And the word is getting out there. And we've, you know, we're very ambitious about businessiadvisory.com, which we'll talk more about later. And the free, you know, the live shows and, uh, you know, the, the Facebook stuff. And But it all builds out of the show, this show, Joe. It it does. It's, you know, as you know, Business Eye is the flagship of Dublin South FM radio as well. Um, The the, the show itself has been going way, way before you and me got on the scene. I think when we we were little boys. When you were in shorts. (laughs) When we were in shorts. And uh, what's, you know, Business Eye, it's about, you know, keeping your eye on business and learning and discussing. And we, you and me talk about multiple of subjects and you know there's no badness in anything that we talk about it's from the heart and you know with this season what we really want to do is help business owners and if you're a business owner or if you're someone who's an entrepreneur or wanted to start a business or you're a ceo whoever it may be it's sort of tapping in and listening to other people and having and listening to their conversations and there might be something there that might spark you um, or give you an idea because there's one thing Simon and I have learned more heads make light work and you know a business person or a CEO sitting in an office on his own trying to figure something out and you might hear something on, on from our show and it might give him an idea and yeah. he's got it for free yeah no absolutely <laughs> you know I talk about collaborate to innovate it's a lonely place being a CEO and an entrepreneur and um, you know, I think it's best to just to be part of a group, to be part of a network and and really share, share as much as you can and, and help each other. And that's really, you know, our driver here. Of course, you know, it's a commercial program, but we genuinely both of us want to help. You know, you've received help in life. I've received help. And help is a big thing. I don't think people ask for help. So that's we're offering it. It's it's asking for help. And also having the courage to step up and do what needs to be done as well. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, that's a good point as well. We were talking about this before. Don't expect others to do the work for you. If you're an entrepreneur, it's not easy. Sometimes it can be really tough. And business development is called business development. It's not called business success. You know, it's constantly a process of development and development, which means you have to put in the work. So. You have to step up, but you need a framework, and 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 it's often helpful to get that framework from others. You remember the days when you were starting off your own business, and I do as well. And remember, there was that stuff that you hated doing. Yeah, 
And you'd always say, I'd love not to be do that. Yeah. Unfortunately, those things you have to do. They never go away. <laughs> they, never, they never go away. But they never go away. And the reason why they never go away is because they remind you. <laughs> no, but it's getting other people, like if, you know, staff in or whoever to help with that. But you have to do the stuff that see what you like and what you don't like. Yeah. And what would you say are the three major things that a business needs for it to be successful? Cash well, flow? Well, one. cash flow definitely one. Matt, always watch your cash. You know, always make sure that what's coming in is more than what's going out and be ruthless about it. I mean, I'm ruthless about it. I, I monitor. I wouldn't say I'm tight, but I've got very careful with money, you know, because you know, somebody said this to me a long time ago. It's 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 comparatively easy to make a million. I wish, but it's much easier to lose that million, and it's very easy to lose money and to spend it. So I think keep tight control over your finances. Number one, number two is don't sit back, constantly review what you're doing, and and look at competitors and look at your landscape and strategize, strategize, strategize. And so that would be the two main ones. And I guess the third one then is look after your own mindset. Don't take yourself for granted. You know, without you, there is no business. So manage your cash, constantly strategize, but be prepared to be flexible and look after yourself. There's lots of others, but they're the first three that come to my head. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's great advice I've learned over the years and something that it I gave myself later on. And if I had taken this advice in the very beginning, it would have been different. Um, and that was spend wisely, really yeah. and truly spend wisely. You know, that's the thing. In any company starting off, it's spend wisely. People want to build the best of everything, um, but it's actually spend spend wisely. And the other the the, the other one thing that I've the, the second thing for me then is being known how to sell. Because a lot of people... It, I, can, can I hear your dog tap dancing in the background? Yeah, he's <laughs> clapping around. He's, 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 that adds he, to the spice of the show. He, he's, he's now... I was going to throw a shoe at him. Shut he's up. tap dancing. He's tap dancing. <laughs> um, sales, you know, being able to sell. There's lots of people out there who develop a product and they need to think they need to tweak it before they can sell. And then they need to add another tweak. And that is just a mindset, as you said, where they yeah. need to go and sell on it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And business, any business, I don't care what it is, what I've used, you know, you have your product, you have your customers, and it's all about building that responsible bridge between both. Yeah. And I think when that's the sweet spot, when a company figures out the bridge between its what its, its offer is and what its clients are, that's when it opens up. And that yeah. that bridge I call... You know, it's clarity, it's investment in yourself, it's everything on it. And and once that's cracked, I think a business will flourish then as well. What, what about coping with tough times? I mean, can you think of a time when you went from a business perspective, when you went through a tough time or, or you had self-doubt or things were difficult? And how did you get through it? Because people like to, to hear examples. How did you get through it? What did you do? I think for me was it was when I had the genetics company and I put about seventy thousand into that and and you know that was a product which was way ahead before anybody else and you know we the price was high because it was gold standard product and the the, the bigger companies came in and 
that's what I really learned that large organizations are ruthless because they came in and they hurt us and they tried everything to discredit us. And there was, and I even seen nasty stuff. And what I learned from it was don't get too involved in something. And the second thing that I learned as well, best to talk about your situation with other people who are your peers, because by doing that, you then are able to deal with it. And the third thing that I, that I learned from it, that's outside here. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it's all irrelevant. It's bull****, excuse my language to our yeah. listeners. It's what's, it's what's inside your head. Yeah. And, and being able to then step out, make decisions, instead of panicking, sticking your head in the sand. Because it was, you know, you know when you put your, everything into it and you've lost 70 grand and you're kind of, you're swimming and in, in, you know, treading water and going, where is this going? It was me. You know, I just stopped and said, done, done with it. Not yeah. pushed it all to the side. And from there, I've always learned to now is always have a solution to a problem. And that's how I think all the time now, all, yeah, all yeah. the time on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's a long, I don't know if that's, that's helpful or I answered your question, Simon. No, it is. And, and I'd be the same. I, 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 was, I was an investor and an owner of a, a watch company and it went belly up in Australia, certainly for me. And my biggest learning was similar was don't get yourself too invested in it. You know, it was very personal for me and I got it. I got too, it was too, it became too personal for me. It was an ego thing, an ego trip. And, and then it's easier then was harder not to bury your head in sand. I was burying the head in my sand and putting more and more money in it. And it was just getting worse. And and having said that, I managed to move on. And the biggest learning is be careful about trust. Don't don't trust yourself first. It's the key thing. Trust yourself first. And don't put your, your trust in others before you can trust yourself. That was the biggest thing I learned. Yeah. And look at us. We're still here. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> <laughs> we are no, still just, here. Just about. Yeah. yeah look and, and have fun. I have fun. Yeah. You know, life is yeah. life is 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 not about being serious and stressful. And Absolutely. people worry about the wrong thing. But look, that's that's what it is. And yeah, you know, the the thing that I think one of the things that gets me at the moment is the incompetence of a government. That's oh. and you you know, you know my opinion on that and okay. You know, on all of them, all sides, everything. Yeah. It's and it's you know, bad decisions after bad decisions after bad decisions, and it's and the more that you look into, the more that you see this. So that's that's the one I, thing. That, it was just I was just hearing about that dreaded children's hospital the other day, and have you noticed nobody's been talking about this? Whether it's now two billion or ten billion, nobody's actually talking about it anymore. But I wouldn't be surprised if the price is much higher than they even owned up to last time. That should have been built out by the M50 on yep. some piece of land out there. Tala Blanchestown Way, yeah, that easy access. People could get on the M50, drive in. Yeah, you know, instead of saying now, oh, they park here and then they get a shuttle bus in. You know, it, it or a helicopter, a, a speedboat, or, a helicopter or, or you know, and and they got consultants in and advisors in. You know, because no one in the civil servant can make a decision, so they get these in and it escalated. That was, that was, you know, that's the biggest con ever, that, the money. And, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's another tribunal we'll have on that. 
Yeah. Oh, thank thank heavens the politicians don't run the good Irish company. I mean, there's some really good Irish companies that the Kerrys, the Smurfits, the Kingspans, uh, and 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 plenty of others, Blombeers. Thank God the politicians aren't involved in them. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I was going to say hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, as I say, if you're a politician, you're allowed to be bashed. That's part, part <laughs> yeah. of it. Yeah, you put yourself out there. We're going to take a quick break, and then myself and Simon are going to uh, meet our guest. Uh, who is a author and um, a established businessman as well. So we're going to come right back, tell you who he is, and uh, we'll see you in a second. Sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. And welcome, folks, back to Business Eye. As we say, it's Friday. Simon was sharing some words of wisdom with us there before the break. And now we are back with our guest, a drumroll. Simon, who have we got today? Well, we've got somebody whose book I've recently seen in the shop by the name of John Williams. He's coming to us from London, UK. Uh, he's author, best-selling author of FUC Work, Let's Play. You can fill in the gaps there. And uh, his WH Smith Business Book of the Month, again, which I've seen. Uh, he's founder of the Ideas Lab, which helps people create a business they love. He helps people turn their ideas and expertise into number one businesses, books, and brands. He's author of three best-selling books, not just one, but three translated into 10 languages. So right up the street for our, you know, for our guests and also our uh, business eye advisory com members as well. So this will be a great chat, John. And welcome, right. John. And welcome. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. John, do you know what caught me of your, uh, you know, when I was on LinkedIn and I'm sort of looking to see what guests we pick? It was that lovely smile with that red cup in your hand. And I yeah. said, you know, that is different. And it was stopped. It stopped me in my tracks. And here we are today. And well, then that, I looked, you know, you yeah. know, where, where you also talk about, you know, we talk about banner blindness, John, and we talk about everyone is putting something up and, you know, you put up on it, you know, the word which was fook, which I would say, um, work, let's play. And I've always believed as well that work should be fun. Life should be fun. We shouldn't be stressed out. And this is what we were talking about before you came on with myself and Simon, that there's elements of life and there's elements of business and people can get caught up in it too much. How do you, you know, float in your lovely domain each and every day and what got you to realize this as well um well well you want the heavy answer i mean my dad died when i was six months old and um it kind of you know it it's a it's a pretty serious wake-up call to happen right at the start of your life mm. and so i was always always aware that we never know how long we've got i live my father by 20 years now you know, in terms of age. Um, and so I'm not doing too badly, but it's, it, we never know how long we got. So we might as well do what we really want to do. And uh, I don't pretend that every moment of my working life is unbridled joy. It's not, not really about that. It's about doing something that feels meaningful and exciting, even when it's challenging and something that really suits my personality, and this is what I always, you know, I help people to do in my business. How do you create a business that 
suits you so well, it kind of fits like a glove. So both the marketing and whatever it is that the business does, as much as you're involved in it, is the kind of stuff you would do for fun as much as possible. So, um, you know, if I won a lottery tomorrow, I would still be writing books. I'd still be reading really interesting books. I'd be posting on social media. I'd be talking about, like, if you, you know, if a friend ever gets me at a cafe and says, oh, I've got this idea for a book or a business or whatever it is, I go, oh, brilliant, you could do this. And if you did this, now I could connect to this person. I mean, like, if you call it this, you'll immediately get press. And they'll go, like, you know, they're almost a little bit like, all right, calm down. It's just an idea. And so I do that for fun, even if I'm not getting paid. But the good thing is I've created a business where I get paid very well for that. But that's my model that I'm trying to share with the world. That's that's spot on. I mean, Joe and I are similar. I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I'll be happy to do what I'm doing for the rest of my life. I don't think I'm ever going to retire, John. I think I'll yeah. just stop, right? And so I love creating training programs and the media stuff and coaching, consulting and writing and and so do you think it's do you think it's about matching your do you think it's about alignment ma- matching mm-hmm. who you are with how you feel with what you want to do and having that strong sense of awareness that alignment thing do you think it's about alignment that's a really good word yeah and i'm thinking more and more that is what it's about it's about yeah making making you know there's all sorts of different ways to market a business there's all sorts of different ways of making money so why not choose one that just aligns with your natural personality. I mean, if you're a massive technical geek or something, create a business that involves using your massive geekiness and your giant brain, and you don't have to do very much social media. But if you're a bit of a show-off or you like teaching people or you like working with people, build your business around that. And I think the problem with careers, traditional careers advice is we're sort of, you know, you show some ability in something, people go, oh, well, you should inevitably be a doctor then. Well, you might not want to be a doctor. You know, there might be something else you can do in the world which would suit you way better, but use your passion for science or understanding the world or whatever it might be. So, yeah, I think that's right. And the the key to the book is it's not necessarily like, um, you know, can you make a living? You know, if you love writing poetry, can you make a living out of that? Well, there are people who make a living out of poetry. It's really, really, some things are undoubtedly really hard. Art, music, novels, poetry, probably some of the hardest things to make a living out of. Um, It's interesting, John, and just, you know, there's two things that just popped up there. One is as we go through life, we meander. Like one day we might love one thing and five years later we might love something else. And for me the one thing that I do love in life and Simon will agree in this as well. I love talking and I'm curious Mm -hmm. and I love reading. Like I read multiple books. I get to speak to people like yourself all around the world. You know, that's, that's my passion. Yeah. My other passion as well, which I'm learning now is growing vegetables in the garden and being amazed by planting something and Oh, look, now I'm eating it. Mm. But that's the hobby. And it's a hobby because if I tried to make money out of it, I'd 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 be living somewhere in a cave because it wouldn't work. <laughs> Do you know that way? Yeah. So there, there's a saying, you know, people say, "Oh, you can make money out of your hobby," and mm. I believe you can't really because it's a hobby. 
you yeah. know, and if it, and do you understand what I'm trying to get at? What True, it, and it, you don't, you know. So I'm being very realistic, and the book is a very realistic book. There is a whole. If you think of a Venn diagram, there's a whole bunch of things you love doing. There's a whole bunch of things you are good at, and there's a whole bunch of things people are motivated to pay money for. And what you're trying to find is there will normally be at least one thing, if not multiple things, that is the intersection of those three sets, to speak in mathematical terms, <laughs> those three circles. Imagine the Venn diagram. And so you're going for that thing in the in the middle. And, yeah, it might be uh, if you try to make money out of growing vegetables, it's just like you say, it might doom you to poverty. But you've got this other thing you actually love doing anyway, which is talking, and you can actually do that and get paid really well for it. Yeah, I love selling. And, not, and, and for me, mm. it's not even selling anymore. It's the passion of something, of helping yeah. other people on it. Yeah. And, and it's, as, as you know, I, I just, as, as a sales trainer and being in sales, like I realized when everyone else wanted to go on in into college like i went into computer programming and i was sitting down typing learning programming ms dos as you'll probably remember and the lecturer coming up and going what do you think it is it's brilliant and i looked at him with a look of horror on my face and went no i cannot do this because i knew that i knew at that age it was selling that i wanted to get into and evolving from that it's it's about the navigation of maybe you know, knowing when someone has bought before they even have realized they've purchased that's mm, that's something yeah. that i that i love and that's my life now, yeah. yeah it's it's i mean i've just been teaching selling in it i've been running a three-day workshop for people who follow me and uh selling is how to sell ethically you know in a way where you're just asking questions yeah is a really great skill and it appeals to people it's very undervalued it's got a bad name sales yeah but um, it's a it's a, a brilliant skill. It has a lot to do with psychology and actually caring about people because yeah. good sales is asking questions rather than telling people stuff. Yeah. John, do you think this this alignment or awareness we've mentioned inevitably requires you to be a little bit older or to have lived life? And what I mean by that is, um, you know, for me, you know, I'm doing the stuff I love doing now, but I don't think I would have been doing it 20 years ago in my 30s because. Somebody said to me recently, we're, we're, we're born authentic. And then in our teens, 20s, 30s, when life gets really busy, we move from authentic to a life of expectation. We're worried about what other people think and how much is in our bank and what we think of ourselves. And so we end up for that 20s, 30s, 40s period working for somebody else. And it tends to be when you get to around the 50 mark, you, you kind of think, mm, maybe I need to go back to that authentic self. Yeah. Does yeah. that resonate with you? Because it has for me. No, absolutely. And I think, but if we older, I saw this funny sort of meme that said, you know, it was, it was an elderly person in the picture. And it said, like, you know, increasingly as I get old, a thought crosses my mind. Should I say that? And I think, oh, that's not going to go down well. And then I say it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that does happen as you get older. And Meldrude. Um, Spring yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or uh, or uh, Kirby Enthusiasm, uh, yeah. Larry David. Oh, Larry but the, David does excellent. But the, but the good version of that is that what's interesting is the people we really love these days, and it's always contentious who I choose an example, because for every person who loves someone, it's someone who hates them. But the very charismatic, powerful figures in the world today are often – very authentic. So if you think of Elon Musk, right? I mean, he's a bit of a hero of mine. Some people might hate it, but it doesn't really matter. But 
he's a very powerful figure, not just for what he's achieved, but the fact that he looks like he's not faking it. He says stuff that gets him into trouble on Twitter. He just says, you know, even when I disagree with him, I kind of respect the fact that he's saying what he wants to say. You think of Russell Brand, you know, he kind of told you he's an addict. He told you he's addicted to sex, addicted to kind of uh, drugs and alcohol, whatever it might be. And people love him more and more for it. Now, some people might hate him. But every time you're a real person, you divide an audience, which is a good thing. Some people will dislike you and some people will like you even more. What most of us are doing is this blended out version you talked about, Simon, where you get into a corporate environment and you lock down your personality. Exactly. And nobody really knows who you are. And that modern entrepreneurship really benefits from the willingness to be yourself. And you don't have to be deliberately contentious or anything. If you don't want to be, some people like that, some people don't. But just be a, a bit more authentic than you used to be, a bit more authentic than most people are on LinkedIn, yeah. for instance. That's really well put. I've never heard anybody put it that well, you know, when because I was in the corporate world for 20 odd years, and you're like, you're almost like a zombie version of yourself. You're blanked yeah. out. And, and our mutual friend, Scott Ballard, Joe, talks, he said to me, he said, he's a confidence coach from America, and he said, success never lies in the middle. And I asked him what he meant, and he exactly what you said. Once you start getting a growth trajectory, don't expect everybody to like you, but that's actually a good sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if, and so many people are willing. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what swear words I can use, but I'm working with a client at the moment who wants to help women who've come out of really bad abusive relationships and finally find good partners. And um, I said, why don't you call it no more? B word. Um, and uh, if I can say that, you can just tell me. <laughs> it begins with BA. And uh, it was like you finally want to find yourself a good guy rather than all these people you've been going out with. Mm. And I say, look, I want to, sh- I'll share this and see what people make of it. And some people really took offense to it and said it's man hating. You know, some of the women said it was man hating stuff. And, uh, and I kind of know why it's contentious. But it suits what she's doing and it suits her personality. She's a very straight-talking yeah. person and she doesn't hate men at all. And she wants to have good, help women have good relationships yeah. with men. So if you're willing to take a little bit of friction Correct. from people, it really pays off because everyone wants to talk about this course called No More yeah. Keyword. <laughs> Can you give us any sense of, I mean, you obviously talk about this stuff in your book, but what mm. what other things? Because um, I haven't read it. I, I, I've just written it down. This to my fifth book that I need to buy. I'll probably buy it next week. What 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 other kind of things do you talk about uh, in the book? So I talk about things like um, one of the. I mean, related to what you're saying is sometimes people just don't know what they want to do. So the first chapter is how to work out what you really, really want, which is named after the Spice Girls, of course, those philosophical geniuses, <laughs> and. Um, and then it goes on to like, how do you actually make a choice? Because I meet a lot of people who are what's known as scanners. So this is a term invented by a US author called Barbara Sher. And a scanner is somebody who has lots of ideas, lots of interests, loves learning things for the sake of learning, but doesn't want to go too deep into most of those topics. They learn the fundamentals and then they move on. And it seems like all these things are completely unrelated. And I'm a scanner, which is why I'm interested in this topic. I used to run events for scanners in London. Um, And 
how do you choose when there's a thousand different things you want to do? So that's one of the topics I get into. And one of the one of the rules is to realize that not everything needs to be a lifelong business. You can launch a project, follow it through to completion. And I talk in here about 30-day play projects in the book. So you can try it out for 30 days, produce something, put it out into the world. Say, you know, if somebody wants to be a DJ, try doing a podcast where you put out four episodes in 30 days and you ship it out to the world. You learn all about podcasts, you learn about audio, you have fun with it, you interview some interesting people. At the end of 30 days, you can call it quits if you want to. But if you're loving it and other people are enjoying it, maybe it's one of the things you want to take on and grow it until it actually becomes a business. It, it, it's, it's interesting as well, because I think I'm a scanner. You know, mm. I, I delve into everything. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm my bookshelf. Like at the moment, I'm reading a book on, you know, solar panels, energy, gardening. Yeah. I, I've won on electronics. You know, I've, I've won on spirituality. I've, I'm reading all the time. And it's like I'm absorbing all the stuff and can't get enough on it. And so I mean, going back to what you were saying about in your 30s when you're doing this, you know, it's all. I think it was all about ego and pride when we were all around the water cooler, and we were mimicking what other people were doing because we thought that was what we needed to do to fit in. Mm. And with age comes knowledge and wisdom. And I, you know, when you come up over your four into your mid forties and into your fifties, as you said, John, you get to a stage you can say what you want in a way once you're not hurting someone or being mean. Mm you know, and, and you can get away with it and you can fog off the old person to, because anyone in their 20s thinks you're old anyway, you're an old <laughs> fart anyway. But it comes to the stage now, I think what it is, and I keep talking about this, this is my, at the moment, is courage and your own truth, you know, standing mm -hmm. in your own shoes yeah, and taking full responsibility of how you want your life to be moving into the next 30, 40 years. Yeah, and it becomes more important as you get older because you think, well, you know, this might be this might be my last hurrah or whatever. <laughs> you don't know, like I say, no one knows how long they've got. And um, you all, I feel like we always ought to be doing the thing that feels most meaningful at any time. I mean, it might not necessarily be a work thing. It might be, you know, a family thing or something. But um, we don't want to just skate through life assuming we're going to live to a ripe old age and somehow, you know, and do what we want in our retirement. I think that's far too long to wait. And uh, some of that does require tuning in to getting to know yourself and knowing what you like. And some people have the challenge that they don't actually know. And um, they need to just practice tuning into themselves and, and get closer. Well, I'll ask yep. you this then. Do you think there's a lot of luck involved or is it hard work involved with and with what you're saying about that? Um, uh, both, I think, you know, to produce something really impressive well, is always going to take effort, which is why it should be a kind of effort on something you, you is enjoyable and exciting for you. But also, there is there's always luck in every business. Uh, you look at the, the 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 billionaires now; a lot of them were lucky. Not not all of them. Warren Buffett probably wasn't lucky. But if you look at something like, um, uh, you know. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, he's, it's very, I mean, I'm, I'm not a massive fan of the man, I have to say, but it's very impressive what he's done with Facebook. And he's made a lot of really, really good decisions and some terrible ones as well. But 
if he had started Facebook um, two years later, it wouldn't have been the same story. So it was a moment in time. You couldn't start. It would be very, very hard to do what he did now and actually take over from Facebook. Somebody might do it. It's still possible, but it's much, much harder. Well, it's strange you say that because I'm involved in a project which we are building something similar to Facebook, but it's not going after the masses of what Facebook is. It's picking a niche. Yeah. And that niche then is that collective of people who it's like a Facebook group, but at a, with more options for more people on it and, and looking at that niche and, and going in. And it we're, we're picking it as well because the censorship and all which is coming through on, on Facebook and blocking it. And that's when we saw that there was a market for it because there's, yeah. you know, half and of America, you know. And that's how you, that's how you get into, um, you can go into a crowded market with very much bigger, more established, more expert players, and you can still carve out a niche. For you. I talk about super niching. And you can you can actually, um, if you're really smart, you can create a new category. So if you super niche down far enough, then you, you can basically be the first person to specialize in a particular area. And if you succeed, then you become the default option in that area. Yeah. So that happened with a client of mine who wanted to be a photographer. She decided instead, she was on a course of mine, she decided instead, following my advice, to, to become the world's first dating profile photographer. She created a business called uh, Hey Saturday. And it, it was just a smash hit because she said, I'm not going to photograph your dog or you or your wedding or your company. I'm just the dating profile photographer service. She's now got 15 photographers working under her all over the world, all over the UK and across America. And that's the that's the impact of creating an entire new category, which is what she did. John, and anyone can do that. John Dory Clark has written a, a great book called Port, uh, Portfolio Entrepreneur. Sorry, Entrepreneurial You, and 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 it really resonates with me because I'm I'd be what she talks about a, a portfolio entrepreneur. So I have bits and pieces of revenue coming in from different things: coaching, consulting, e-learning, and stuff. Is that the way of the future, do you think? Do you think more and more people are going to go down this route? That's my first question. The second question is, um, how do you know when you're juggling all these different balls, if you're a portfolio entrepreneur, which are the ones to go with? Two questions. Do you reckon yeah. that's the future? Which one do you go with? There's, there's a section on that in, in the book about portfolio careers, particularly sort of for scanners, and they use an illustration of somebody who did a course of me who, who teaches ukulele to Google and other companies. And um, that's her main money earner, but then she does lots of other projects, like she DJs at festivals and things. And and the answer is, uh, first of all, yes, I think that is, you know, I, I open the book by saying you can now create a career, make a living out of almost anything you can think of, and you can be all of who you are. You don't have to hide anything anymore. That's really well put. And increasingly we're seeing people all over social media talk about their side hustles, you know, people who are like fiddling around with crypto and, you know, they're either investing or they're getting involved, they're producing NFTs. When you look at people, I don't know if anyone follows this crazy thing where people was digital artist, it's just a middle-aged guy, and he sold um, an artwork for $69 million as an NFT, which is this kind of crypto thing. And uh, 
he started just by taking, he, he committed to making one image a day forever. And he did it for 14 years. So he created a, an artwork of some sort. Sometimes the artwork was literally like, I'm going to draw a squiggle. It's like, that's today's artwork because I'm, I've got no time. And 14 years later, he put them all into one image and sold it for $69 million yeah. as, a, as a kind of auction. That was effectively, you know, like a kind of side project that he started as an experiment. So you, people are going to do this more and more. And what you need to do is make sure that you have one main cash cow that can pay you. So if you have one thing out of all of those things that makes money, then you've got freedom to play around with lots of other fun projects, your vegetables and your, you know, playing guitar and whatever else. There's a, a barber in County Wicklow in Ireland who has gone from cutting hair to taking his top off and his wife taking photographs of him and he's making 60 grand a month. Really? <laughs> Yeah. You know, so, uh, and see, so there are ways of making money now that simply didn't exist even ten years ago. Yeah, and that's that's the technology we have. And you know, I I I honestly believe that. Uh, thank God for the likes of of LinkedIn and the the. That's my dog having a dream there, making those noises. <laughs> but I, you know, I think with LinkedIn and Zoom and the way the internet is pushing that, it's a whole new industry and. You know, I built a deck in there last summer in lockdown and I regret that I didn't videotape every stage of how I built it. Yeah. You know, and, and I I built it and all the equipment I bought out of Aldi to put it together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it would took, if I got guys in, they would have done it in a month, but it took me three months because I was doing it on my own and learning. But, you know, you kind of look back at these things and go, I should have recorded that. I, and yeah. Other people would have learned from it or whatever. On it yeah, well. that could have been a hit on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's the other thing, you know, hits. Are, are some people more eager on the number of hits they get or likes to get? You know, that's quick gratification than actually knowing that the long term, like people will see this show and they go, oh, I would love to do a show like this. But they don't know, realize that, you know, this show on the radio is we've been doing this for four years. You know, it's it it every week, every you know, it, it takes time for this for stuff to grow. Yeah, yeah. You need to. It's, uh, it's better to play the long game in entrepreneurship and decide that you're going to do something. I mean, occasionally opportunities appear when you can make a quick buck, and there's no reason why you know if it's ethical. There's no reason why you shouldn't. But the people, those things normally only appear and are visible to people who are in that world already. So choose a career you want to go down, choose a business, a kind of area of business you want to be in, and just indulge yourself in there and get better and better at it. And uh, that will pay off actually faster than trying to suddenly, you know, you're not really interested in crypto, getting into crypto because you think it's going to make you rich, or you're not really interested in what is it? Forex trading. People are always trying to kind of sell you, you know, and you try that because you think it can make you rich quickly. And if you try all these get rich quick schemes, you waste all your time and you could have actually been doing something that could have been, you could have got really good at and could have been genuinely useful to the world in the same amount of time, ironically. Yeah. I, I think it's a case of finding something and then getting really good at it mm. and, and, ethically knowing what you're doing is right as well and yeah 
if you are setting up a business only to make money and nothing else, I think mm. it will fail. I, you yeah. Know, but if that passion and like for me, it's sales. Like if it's something good and I believe in, and I, you know, I could sell it all day. I could sell it all day. And that's right. Yeah. Uh, Neil Gaiman, the um, author, um, said uh, said whenever I've taken on a project just for the money, it's always turned into a disaster. And I usually didn't even end up getting the money either. <laughs> yeah. The heartache, heartache yeah. and profit. Mm, let's, let's play around with that. Let's, we're, we're coming to the end of the show, John. And I've, I've just one question that I've asked you, which I, I, I reached out to some people this week and I asked a question. I'd love to get your thoughts on it. What has your life history taught you? Yeah. Oh God, how long have you got? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, well, I've had a, a long journey from being somebody who's uh, uh, I had a lot of challenges earlier on, had a medical problems as well as my dad dying, as I mentioned at the beginning. And, um, and uh, so I took on this kind of learned helplessness thing, which humans can get when they're, you know, have a lot of kind of traumatic stuff to deal with. And so my life story has been about undoing that and learning that I have what you call agency in the world. So a lot of natural entrepreneurs are born very sort of self-empowered, very ability to make shit happen. And uh, that was not me at all. I was kind of the opposite. And uh, But what that does mean is I've learned along the way how to help other people do that who are not necessarily natural entrepreneurs. Maybe they're creative but they don't necessarily think about money and they're not the most kind of kick-ass, get up at six, work for 18 hours kind of person. I'm very good at helping those people to have confidence in themselves, do what they want to do, market it effectively and make a really good living out of it. Yeah. So I think that's, that's yeah. my life experience has been difficult times when I was younger. It's very much informed everything that I do and it's made me a, a better writer because it makes me, made me reflect on life and what life is really about. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think with, with life is for me, I'm a night owl. So don't ask me to get up at six o'clock in the morning. My wife is up at half six in the morning yeah. and she goes for a walk and then before the day and before the kids. And, you know, I'm, I, I can't go to bed before midnight, <laughs> you know, but I, yeah. will, I will happily work at a project till two in the morning. But, well, no. I've got an interview. On, I did a podcast for a while called The Ideas Lab, and I've got an interview with a chap called uh, uh, Daniel Pink, who's a well-known author. And uh, that's all about being a night owl or a, was it a, a lark or an owl yeah. or a third bird, he calls it. And you can analyse yourself because he wrote a book about it. And uh, that's really interesting. Yeah, so you don't have to get up early to be successful. It's totally nonsense. My theory, which I'm checking, and I keep asking people, if you were born... At night, you're a night owl, but if you were born in the morning, you're a, you're a morning person. And I've always asked people, there's, you know, that time where that when you were actually born, it makes you what you are then. Mm-hmm. Or a very good social scene when you were in your in your 20s. You know? yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. John, if someone wants to get your book, I know um, Simon is flying into London now next week. So mm-hmm. he's going to pick up a book. I'm going to get him to get me a copy as well. Um, so yeah, if, well, you can get it on. Um, uh, you can get it online. You can get it in bookshops. Um, if you want to find it, you can actually download some free stuff to help you with this kind of topic. 
if you go to the website, which is fworkletsplay.com. So F-W-O-R-K-L-E-T-S-P-L-A-Y.com. And, um, and you can find out from there, you can, you can find ways of contacting me. And I've got a free Facebook group where we talk about these topics every day of how to do what you love and get paid for it. So people are very welcome to join me in there and say hello and say you, you, you heard us uh, on the program. Excellent. And uh, yeah, that'd be great. The other thing as well is a, a lot of people now are, you know, moving their books towards audio as well. Mm. Are, you, are you considering doing that yourself? <laughs> there's, there's no audio book yet, but that's not my fault. It's because um, I, I believe Pearson are in negotiations with Amazon uh, about audio book rates. And uh, as you imagine, it's, it's, uh, Mr. Nothing. Bezos is a very charitable person. Oh, who, lovely. Uh, yes, he is. It's, 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 <laughs> they, makes that conversation very easy, I'm sure. <laughs> there was a survey out here uh, from the Broadcasting Association here in Ireland. And, you know, it's it's radio has lit jumped up to about 35, 40 percent of people choose tuning in. And it's 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 gone back to radio where there is the podcast. But audio books have jumped up as well, where people yeah. are listening to audio books if they're out running or if, you know, they're on the radio and they want to switch it off. They're, they're tuning into audio books. To yeah, to, no, I'm dying to do one. I mean, if, you, if anyone wants the audio version, if you. If you uh, kind of join the email list of the website, then um, I'll let you know as soon as as soon as the audio gets recorded, which I'm hoping to do myself. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's all changing. It's all changing. Mm-hmm. John Williams, thank you for coming on to Business Eye. It's been a pleasure having you on, and hopefully we we'll have you on again at some time. And uh, if anyone wants to reach out to you, they can connect with you on LinkedIn as well. Sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. Yes, folks, and welcome back to Business Eye. That was a interesting show. John had lots of wisdom for yourselves to listen to, and Simon unfortunately had to uh, break away and leave us all i can say is we're coming into october yes october the clocks will be changing halloween will be coming and then santa will be start working on those lists for all those wonderful well-behaved children hope that you have a safe weekend i hope that you're safe i hope that you have an enjoyable time and remember look don't worry about anything Life is good. Remember what you have and be happy in your own thoughts. Until next week on Business Eye, from myself and Simon, take care and God bless. See you. Take care. Bye-bye.